0: Bob, a. Remy, it's been so long. It literally has been so long. Yeah, How are you doing? Is, I'm good, man. I'm I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm good. What have you been up to over the last two weeks since we last recorded?
1: Oh, since we last recorded, I am, um, you know, I'd said it to you in a text yesterday. I'm working on a redemption arc right now. You you, you left it at redemption arc, and I was like, I wonder where Rem's going with that. Things got crazy for me. I uh, moved out and was living with my ex for a while. I'm staying with a friend right now. And, you know, things were hectic. I was getting into kind of a victim mindset, but I realized this is an opportunity for me to just reboot myself again. So I've been just diving into work, trying to find some new clients to do some freelance with, and yeah, my head's been up my ass, dude. I've just been dealing with things, you know, since my dad died and since I moved, it's been hard, Mm -hmm. but at least in the last couple of weeks, it's like, wait a minute, I can look at this all as bad and just get myself in a rut and not move forward, or I can say, I have an opportunity to sort of just get my shit together for the hundredth time. So that's what it's been, man. Just focusing, just focusing on work, staying task oriented, trying to not get in my head, but um, doing okay, man. How about you? I know that you've, you've had a busy couple of weeks. Yeah, well. man. Fill this, the
0: people in. Again, I've told people I started a new job. I'm literally a trainer mm-hmm. for a nonprofit organization. I just train incoming staff. I think when I'm fully up and running, I would also do retrainings with uh, existing staff that have to be done like every year or every two years or whatever. And what do these trainings entail? They can be anything from first aid, CPR. Mm -hmm. So I actually was uh, sent out about two or three weeks ago, and I was trained by the Red Cross to be someone who can train people and certify people. Nice.
1: And I've worked with you in that capacity, and you are great at that.
0: So this week was a busy week for my organization. They added essentially like 70 employees across the entire organization. It's a big organization. and. They asked me and another person who trains like me if we could go to one of their other areas. They would put us up in a hotel. Nice. Fully paid, food vouchers, you name it, mileage reimbursement. If we could just go to this location that's geographically closer to where these people would be working, and we just train them for the week. So I basically went to New Hampshire, and I was up there for a week. It was good. I didn't even have to leave the hotel. The organization rented out ballrooms, and we trained in the ballrooms. We uh we were with people who are essentially going to be interns. There were people that were motivated to learn, to get it done fast. They so, had the hunger for it. So they did that. And that's I wholeheartedly love stuff like that. The but, training yeah. goes less amounts of time. And then I got back. I I got back Friday night. It was a three hour drive back. That's rough. It is what it is. It's Friday traffic, people looking to go where they want to go. Yeah. I then went with Sherry Lynn Nicholas, former guest, yes, also my wife. She had another competition in Worcester yesterday. That was my day yesterday. She won, of course. And she won, yep. And then uh, I passed out for 10 hours. Yeah, that seems justified. And uh, that brings me up to the current.
1: Me and Bob, literally, um, This that was our longest run of not doing an episode. about pushing three weeks. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, yesterday, I was like, oh, because I got shit going on, and it's easy to forget about other shit, you know? And mm-hmm. yesterday, I was like, wait. Talk to Bob in a minute. You good, bro? And he's this like, is yeah, the just... reason
0: why we we re- sometimes we record multiple episodes because mm-hmm. then we're ahead of the game, so we don't have to feel like we're scrambling to yeah, keep no up on a, on a on a structured schedule. Just so you know, without the Father's Day episode that we did, and we'll, I'll count that one. We're still until Tuesday. We're still like two, three episodes ahead. Yeah. So this one would put us back to three to four episodes ahead of, <laughs>
1: and you know what? Being that real time next weekend, maybe we'll ha- we'll hammer out two. We'll figure it out.
0: But that's not why we're here today, though. So I'll fill everybody in because this is kind of my idea. Yesterday, before I went to Worcester, I was just scrolling through my Facebook and I came across, I follow a bunch of pages on my personal Facebook page. One was the Nostalgia 80s, 90s, and 2000s group, and they post a lot of stuff about that and it's great. So yesterday, they posted a meme that just featured uh, Sharon, Lois, and Bram. Who had a tv show that it was a canadian tv show that then got picked up by nickelodeon nickelodeon did that a lot in the, in the 1980s when they were first getting started they picked up specifically canadian shows mm-hmm. and they put them on the station either to fill time or for example we've talked about it before uh, other canadian shows they had were like you can't do that on television yeah but the sharon lois and bram show was called the elephant show you forget to show me i did forget to show you I'll, i will have to show you their show was called The Elephant Show because they had there was another cast member who dressed up in an elephant costume and would go around with them. they'd go everywhere they, they would do episodes everywhere. there were episodes in studios, there were episodes in parks there were episodes on site and they were they were children geared yeah and children would play a prominent role as guests on the show and it was a good format and this is what I brought up to Remy it was a great format. It was equally entertaining educational and informative. It was an ensemble cast unofficially like I told him about Eric Ni- I believe it was Eric Nyland who is a producer from uh, the United States who hooked up with that show. And his big thing was he could turn anything that they were working on into an instrument. And it was a running gag. It was also very cool. And then at some point in the show, because they, they were, they were performers, they were folk performers. And at some point in the show, they would show footage from a live uh, concert they were doing. That's and cool. then, and the music was for kids too. And then there were, were elements where the elephant would become animated and it would be cartoonish. And this was just 30 minute bits, yeah. 30, 30 minute shows. And I brought that up to Rem because uh, basically, and then the reason I said that this is real time reaction, because I post, I shared it. And then like, my Facebook page like blew up because of it. Like people I'm friends with who were like, Oh, my God, I didn't know I thought I was the only one to watch that show. And then yeah. everyone and then people are making references to other songs they did. Like someone made a reference to, uh, you know, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar, who stole the cookie from the cookie. Yeah, jar? yeah that was another one of the songs they did. But I said to Rem because Rem was like, I don't really know that show. And then I said their theme song, Skinny Mirinky, Dinky Dink, Skinny what? Mirinky Doo. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Sharon uh, Lois and Bram. That's cool.
1: But also you you kind of approached it like feeling almost as if that edutainment
0: doesn't exist the way it used to
1: exist the way it used to. Mm-hmm. So, no.
0: so today we're gonna go through that and we're gonna go through we're gonna go through that on this episode. And essentially what I mean is we're gonna talk about the ones that were big during our Childhood, some that may exist in some form today, and how they've changed with the times. And we're going to talk about ones today. Rem is a little bit more versed on the ones today than I am, and talk about either how they've changed or just where the hell they've gone.
1: Yeah, and, and if we were talking about if the emphasis is sort of taken away from education and it's become right. more spastic,
0: fast. and like what are the themes that that w- that are, are kind of being fed or imbued onto children yeah and- because you can correct me if i'm wrong but the the shows from our childhood that i talk about the themes that they were trying to imbue on us were wonderful th- like um and we'll talk about we will talk about mr rogers and mr a or- little more but mr rogers inviting a, a black police officer on to to dip his toes in, in his kitty in his kiddie pool and that was the 1960s that
1: was unheard of yeah
0: and they, that we, we you would look at that today and go okay whatever but back when that happened like it was huge yeah that was huge
1: like you're talking about segregation happening they're still segregating the races and he brings on Black Mailman showing a man working in a position of work in a position mm-hmm. of power and a position that is also associated with, with success yeah and and so and he's like yo it's a hot day why don't you come put your feet in my pool and it, that seems simple but it's not because right. it's it's an intimate act and it's them sharing the space and him letting everyone know who's watching yeah, this is normal. This is this is what normal should be. Yeah. Let people in yeah. your fucking pool, mm-hmm. you know? And so the pool being the metaphor for, for life. Yeah, and your yeah. life and your circle, you know? Mm-hmm. And and you know, and it's also I think there's Christ imagery there too. People washing each other's feet. It's it's mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, they weren't and that doing makes, that.
0: that would make sense for Mr. Rogers because he was a very devout yeah. religious individual, who to his credit because he, I believe he was a minister and he did not push. No, you he never, did not push. And that that's the beauty of Mr. when we just But the Rogers. love of god was in there and then the way he talked to people but he didn't he didn't force you to feel that way and sticking with that theme the his love of humanity is yeah. ultimately what he's showing but yeah we're jumping the gun or whatever but we're gonna kind of tackle them all and then we'll kind of tackle current ones and uh we'll we'll talk about where it is where it's been where it's going and if there's any going
1: yeah a good call yeah. so buckle in and enjoy the ride people
0: one is named Remy. This is Remy. The other, Bobby Rocks. Bobby Rocks here. Together, they take you on weekly journeys of life from the point of view of Zenials, or people born in the late 1970s to mid-1980s. Their aim is to give a voice to the voiceless. It's the Zenial Odyssey podcast. Welcome to the Odyssey. All right. So let's jump off. I mean, Sharon, Lois, and Bram is, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it besides the fact it's the catalyst for the episode because it really doesn't, they didn't go as profound as other ones go. So but one thing, you know, and I don't want to forget to mention this is what you're saying is what we didn't realize, I
1: don't think is all of our entertainment when we were younger was edutainment. I was going to say it was
0: multifaceted. There were layers to it.
1: Yep. And very rarely was it just, this is funny. It was generally, here's the message, but we'll put funny on either side of it and Mm -hmm. fun on either side of it. And Maybe we're wrong, but it does seem like that stuff aimed at children now doesn't seem as heavily focused on that as it was when we were kids.
0: Right. I think and I think and I'll show you and you can agree, you can make your own mind up, but if you were to see pictures of Sharon Lois and Bram, they were all middle-aged, they were all people in their 40s when they were doing this. So let's go to the let's go to the creme de la creme of all of these. Let's just go there because I want to tie it into this. Mm -hmm. Sesame Street. Yeah. While Sesame Street had adult actors on there, especially when it was like big in our childhoods. Were they middle-aged? Or would they tend to be like people in their maybe the like mid-late 20s, early 30s?
1: I don't think middle-aged, but I think we did get to see some of them become mm-hmm. middle-aged. But when they started, no, I will give you that. I agree with I would say later 20s initially. And um, and it was remarkable too, because you know what Sesame Street did was here's a black person, here's a Puerto Rican person, mm-hmm. here's a woman of color working at, you know. Things that society didn't necessarily want to say to people. And it was represented there. And for our generation, I don't have any racist friends. I know they're out
0: there. You mean like overtly racist? Yeah. Okay. People
1: like, you know, someone who would talk shit about someone for yeah. being different. Mm-hmm. Because we were just exposed to that. So it was so normalized to us because of that stuff.
0: What a concept. You expose people to certain cultures and all that, and then this, things are normalized. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and it, it's, it's crazy because some people, I guess, would find that kind of stuff. Maybe they find Sesame Street or something a little heavy handed because there is always a message. But there's always entertainment there. Yes. You know, and there's always music and there's
0: little bits. They mastered the way of, of combining them. Yep. And that's why I say it's the creme de la creme, because yeah. they, they truly mastered how to present it to us as children in a way where they were doing it all at once.
1: Yeah, no, for real. And so I think we were initially more open-minded because there was no reason for us not to be. I never mm-hmm. had issues with anybody, but I was always seeing them. My family was progressive, too. I remember, like, for as much as we watched Wizard of Oz, my white parents would put on the whiz... Like once a month. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. There you go. <laughs> nice. That, that that definitely applies yeah. to that. So I think that there has been a dissipation of that a little bit. So now, you know, me and Bob are talking. We have that. We have Mr. Rogers, like we've already said. Mm-hmm. We have, how about you touch on Reading Rainbow? Oh, a bit. Reading Rainbow. Take a look, Bob. Oh. It's in a book. Reading
0: Rainbow. Nothing to do. That's such a, that's on Butterfly in the sky. That's on bangs. That's a banger. Yep. And again, we had a, we had a black host. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He's it's children books. children books. Some that, some that are common, some that are uncommon. And, and that one was ultimately, what, what's that one focused on? It's focused on the importance of reading and how your imagination mm-hmm. is the ultimate. How our imaginations are the ultimate.
1: There was another one too. It was called Picture Pages. You don't know about Picture Pages? I do not
0: know about Picture Pages.
1: Picture Pages was a kid's show hosted by Bill Cosby. In the late seventies and early eighties, when he was at the height of his
0: monstrosity, you never saw the show. Well, did it involve uh, Fat Albert? Is the, no, no, so it wasn't. It had nothing no. to do with Fat Albert and, and the gang.
1: He'd like come in and he'd be like, yeah. "There's a book, kids, and I got a mad This is for real. I got a magic pen, and when I write over the book, old Camille." Yeah, so there was a Cosby one too, but we're not going to talk about it. Nope. But everywhere we went. We were learning. We were. I mean, even the cartoons we watched, Inspector Gadget, like, there was messages in everything.
0: Spectre Gadget, wow.
1: Yeah, see, deep wow. cuts. And, like, me and Bob were also talking about how Barney, not for our generation, we were in our teens, but for now, the kid generation under us, Barney was doing the edutainment thing. Yep. And for some reason, people wanted to burn the character alive. Yeah, Adults yeah, he got, like, yeah,
0: Barney got a lot of hate.
1: Got a lot of hate, and it's yeah. like,
0: yo, dog. Like, and you know who didn't get a lot of hate, who was doing the exact same thing, pretty much? was uh what's her name who did Lamb Chop's Play-Along? Oh yeah, that lady yeah. Who did the puppet show. I I prefer Barney to Lamb Chop's Play-Along. I'm just Yeah, yeah and,
1: and you know, some of that stuff like I even if I was a kid I wouldn't have liked Barney cuz I would have been like
0: it's too jur and
1: same thing with Lamb Chop and all that stuff.
0: I will say the uh, current reels that people are making where they overdub Barney, brilliant. Uh, this is gold.
1: So there's something happened and I think this is pertinent. Something happened with Barney cuz we were edutained our whole lives mm-hmm. and then there's a new generation getting edutained by a big purple dinosaur. And, like, he's not doing anything wrong. You don't like him because he's cute or because your kids like him or because there's too many songs. But those songs are forming those kids. Yeah. And those songs are I love you, you love me. Like, there's messages there. But something happened in the 90s with Barney. And you had parents doing, like, effigies and mm-hmm. being like, he's the devil. I, don't, I still don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why there was backlash to A Purple Dinosaur. But like I know for a fact that it fuck with the creator of the show, it fuck with the person who
0: played Barney. He got oh yeah, they were it was like he was an inquirer, mm-hmm. the national inquirer, what tabloid, the old the epitome of tabloid journalism. Whether they were true or not, most of them were false. It just being like oh yeah, the guy is a child molester. Yeah, you have a child molester playing a purple dinosaur. Like, no. The guy in the suit is a child molester, and it's like oh oh you were wrong. Oh and you don't even apologize. Well that's you know, it you know I mean? you,
1: you can't toss around accusations like that. I think there was a fallout, and I think that when our generation started having kids. Maybe it was like, "Eh, I'm not going to show my kids that dumb shit. But here's the thing. That dumb shit is formative. Mm -hmm. And so what Bob had asked me earlier was, what happened to it? What happened to the edutainment? Edutainment, does it still exist? I'll answer because I'm living in a house right now with children. Who watch. Who watch all the modern menu of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a rundown. First of all. All good edutainment has been replaced by kids watching YouTube. That has to be set off the jump. That's not an exaggeration. YouTube is always playing in that house. And the problem with that is these YouTube family things, which the new family vlogs are kind of what these people go to. A for Adley, Stephen Scherer. There are a few that are, like, established. These guys are millionaires. But it is the weirdest shit. I'll give you an example. I won't name the family, but there's one family, and other families love them. And they'll, like, wake up one day, right? And they'll be like... Oh, today there are Google monsters in the house. And there will obviously be a couple of their friends in sheets with like goggles over their head and wacky hats. And it's like, don't let the Googles get you. You got to go to cartoon jail. And it's like, the next, it'll be an 11 minute video because that's what you need to do to get monetized. It's going to, that's the exact length. If you're under that, you're not going to make money. So 10, 11 minute video.
0: And if you're over 15, you're not going to make
1: money. Yeah, no, th- there's a very small, or you're going to become a dickhead and make money that way online. So, Edutainment, in terms of what the YouTube videos are, I don't see it. I haven't seen it at all. Mm-hmm. I see spastic five-minute bits where kids run around the house, and then five minutes later, oh, popcorn is money now, and bring popcorn to the kitchen, pay for snacks. And it's just like, what are you fucking doing? That'll it, be five kernels of popcorn. Exactly. Oh, you want popcorn for popcorn? That's ten curls. It's so incessant and fast and in-your-face and loud In my opinion, as Mm -hmm. far as the YouTube stuff that people watch, there is no value. I understand that it's literally candy for their eyes and brain, but it's fucking cracked out. It really is. And it makes attention spans even worse because they shift major vibes every 30 seconds in these videos. So there is a lot of that. And no, I don't think it has the value that the stuff that we were watching has. Not to sound bitter and old. Now, I will say there's one. Because you got me thinking. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to think about everything I've seen. And if I'm not seeing annoying YouTube videos, I'm seeing Bluey. Do you know anything about Bluey? I do. Bluey's a little blue dog. It's an Australian cartoon.
0: Not to be confused with Blue's Clues.
1: No. And here's the thing. Someone once said that a blue dog guides every young generation. Think about it. We had Blue's Clues. Now these kids got Bluey. Blue dogs, man. They guide. But Bluey is remarkable. I watch Bluey and I'm always blown away it's just it's a dog family Mm -hmm. brother sister mother father but they'll they do the edutainment they the kids will ask questions the parents will play games that are pertinent to learning things but i watch bluey and i remember after like the third or fourth episode actually like staying on the couch i'm like this is really well written Mm -hmm. it's really gentle it's really sweet and kind and for whatever reason and i didn't know this but right right now bluey is like it for kids which is a good sign because
0: outside of that so he's taken over from blippy
1: yeah oh. and we'll see Bli- Blippy's a youtuber too and i've yep. seen blippy mm-hmm. at their house too and blippy at least way we, more than other youtube Yeah, we, we
0: talked about how he is he's educating he's, he's trying he's, he's educating yeah
1: and he's he's kind in my opinion blippy's doing kind of the Wee herman thing like hey kids I'm yeah Blippi. he's very uh animated and we yeah. but and kids love that
0: yeah, his outfit is uh is, uh uh, sorry, Ram, but your, your glasses remind me of Blippi. No, it's fine. <laughs> Blippi right Blippi is
1: an icon. Come to find out, actually, because my buddy actually kind of like follows the guy who plays Blippy. He's like a hip-hop head. He's a sneaker collector. He's I can like, see that. Yeah. And he recently sold the blippy to a new actor to play Blippy. So he just won because he's like, my brand goes on. I make millions, but I don't have to be him. I cashed in, and yep. I can do other
0: things yep. artistically. And he hired someone that could do it perfectly, and kids won't really know. So they learned from Blue's Clues? Yeah. What Was it Steven? I believe Steve, so. When Steve left, um they got a and they just yeah, there was no rhyme or reason. Even even in like the real reason he left is just because he I think you once you do that stuff for a while, you almost don't want to be associated yeah, with it. Yeah. And I think that's what he said.
1: He he didn't want to be associated with it. Like you're the guy at a bar trying to pick up a girl and you know what I mean? No, but for real, that, yeah. that
0: has to be difficult. Like, and yeah, and they're just like, Did you bring your magnifying glass? <laughs> Where's your dog blue? What's cozy is gonna show is yeah, uh, like suck. Yeah. yeah, the clues are gonna lead to your crotch that's what they're
1: (laughs) right you know where this is going yeah so it is there um which is good and i I will say like i said bluey is and i even said that to um my buddy's wife while she was watching with the kids i'm like this is kind of awesome i think there's at least one every generation that still is like let's do this
0: right if i'm gonna stick uh with your theme because this is a animated show yeah it was originally a spanish show okay that they overdubbed in english and put on nickelodeon david the gnome
1: oh david the gnome's remarkable yeah I don't know what sucks, and not in the right way. My ex loved David the Gnome; was obsessed mm-hmm. with the books, the cartoons. So I was like, "Let's re-watch them. I haven't seen them in a minute, and they're gentle and sweet, except when they're not. Well, yeah, because there's a darkness. <laughs> in yeah, those. I know. Yeah, but that's what I love. Yeah. I think kids need that too, and that's yeah. why I really respected. Um, I, w-
0: I would say the way David the Gnome handled the dark was there was a gentleness to the exactly.
1: Dark. So we're watching it right, we're, and we have like a, a a bunch of his stuff set up. We mm-hmm. start it. You know what it says at the front of every one of the David the Gnome fucking movies? No. Produced by Harvey Weinstein. Ouch. And like, I'm sorry, like we saw that and she was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this now. And I'm like, no, no, it's it, just because he's associated doesn't mean there was any impurity. But like, that's fucked, right? Like, you yeah. remember this pure thing and then his name came up and I was like,
0: I, I would also put that in the category of I'm tired of people going back 30, 35, 40 years and using contemporary times to judge, judge something that w- in its moment wasn't that like uh, we had a conversation i had a conversation in the car with my wife and her friend about aladdin yeah about what a whole new world is about when they're on the magic carpet about what people are saying about it now and it's like ultimately our resolution was that if that's what you think about it fine but i'm still thinking about it when i was nine years old and that came but
1: out. what wait what do people say i'm sorry
0: I'm oh not... that it's a whole new world is like he's he's uh, going down on her oh come you on you know and it's a magic carpet ride here's and the yeah. thing that aladdin does okay in the 90s, cartoons, urban legends, a big thing
1: with all these little Disney moments that your friends knew where they were and how to pause them, and how to turn up the volume and blah, blah, blah. I will tell you this honestly for my soul. I knew that Disney hid stuff, but there were a couple and I've seen them. The Sex in Lion King is obvious. There's a couple that are really obvious. The Priest with the boner and the Little Mermaid is obvious too. So one of my buddies is like, dude, have you ever heard the secret line in Aladdin? And I'm like... We all talk about this. We all do this. And just shut the fuck up. All right, come over to my house. I was young. We all got high. He's like, all right, watch this. You just triggered this memory because of the flying carpet ride, okay? And this is what I think was hidden in that particular thing. And I don't know why. Flies over, and he's going to drop her back off with her tiger or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's, like, telling her bye, and he'll see her again. And then my buddy turns the volume up to, like, 100. And all good little kids take off their clothes. I know what you're thinking, but every one of us screamed, and Disney's come out and since said that it's actually Jasmine whispering something to the tiger, but bro, it's a whisper that sounds like.
0: Growing up, the first one I ever knew of, and no one told me what it was, it was more of a, you want to jack the volume up at this moment and make up your own mind, and it was when they were getting the lamp, Yeah. and is it a poo? Is that the name of the monkey? Yes, I believe. Yeah. So when he's trying to get out and like the lava or whatever is coming from all angles and he's looking that he's blocked. And if you check, well, I took it as he said, he goes like,
1: "Uh -uh, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that stuff's, it's funny. It is. But like, you can't have like
0: good kids take off their clothing.
1: That was, but I, it's one of those things too. Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Yeah. Fair play. But it was one of those things where, you know, um, animation was getting corrupted i guess to an extent but i understand
0: animators and workers want to hide
1: little jokes for each other i do
0: but if we're going to tie it into this episode i mean would you say that in especially in the last like 25 years the things that they've put into animation is much less over it's much more present yes, yes and i think the perfect example of that is shrek like shrek did not listen they're like yeah kids are gonna go watch this this is for you parents Dude, I watched a Disney
1: short the other day with the kids, okay, Mm -hmm. called Pearl, about a little talking ball of yarn. Have you seen that? No. Okay, it's just a little short. It's called the Spark Short. It's on Disney+. Plus. It takes place in an office, and this ball of yarn's trying to fit in with these male, like, alpha workers. And listen in the background. This is what one of them says. Hey, do you know the difference between a porcupine and a BMW? I was like, no. He's like, with the porcupine, the pricks are on the outside. That's a good one. (laughs) That's a fucking solid joke. And that's raunchy.
0: Did they get Andrew Dice Clay to do that? <laughs> hey, that's like, yeah,
1: hey. I fucked her. Duh, the bricks are on the inside.
0: <laughs> oh, my! But I was
1: like, okay, and that's what you mean. When they do it, they do it. They let you know they're doing yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, here's a joke for the adults that the kids aren't going to get. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. But, yeah, I think that in the 60s and 70s, it was like, let me hide a dick in this.
0: Like Fight Club. was
1: <laughs> And, oh, yeah, the yeah. Fight Club dick's fucking, that's my problem is I can see every frame. So I'll see shit that other people don't see. I'm like, you see that dick, they're like, Remy, what's up with you? something on the mind it's like i swear i saw a dick but yeah and and i think that to circle it back even disney in my opinion and this is me being based okay but if we compare the last five years of disney movies to the five years that we had in the 90s i can tell you what every one of those movies message is but the last four or five with disney i I, it's just there's a difference now there's a disconnect and i feel like the emphasis has gotten off of like the lesson Mm. Just big and bright and loud, and they don't have the soul.
0: I don't want to jump the gun because it hasn't come out yet, but I've seen enough of the previews for that elemental. Yeah, it's just... Like, my my wife was the one who brought it, brought this up to me. She goes, do you like the message they're saying about how uh, they can't mix? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, the girl who's made a fire, her father gives the guy made a water a dish that he can't, like, it makes him, like, sick. Yeah. She's like, and the theme there is that your kind can't mix with my kind. And I'm like, Huh. I wonder if they resolve will resolve that at the end because to your point, I think that's something that Disney's gotten away from because yeah. they could bring up those messages, but they would ultimately, but they would circle back and they would be like the ultimately like that's a that's a terrible way to think, and I think they stop doing stuff yeah. like that and we don't talk as collectively as a society about stuff like I that. I
1: hope Elemental
0: does that. I, I do. Too. And I
1: think it will. You know, because that that's a great analogy, and of course, it makes sense that we wouldn't notice it right away because mm-hmm. where not affected by that stuff as much as other people are. Yeah. Yeah, so there's been a step back and um, it's strange.
0: Something I want to spend some time on, because we talked about it on the car on the way here. You When you brought up parents being outraged about like Barney, for example, then on the flip side, in the early 90s, we had Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, good discussion. Yeah, yeah. so for, again, we're going to give a backstory here. For anybody who doesn't know, Pee-wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, yep. Yep, Paul Rubens was a comedian. He created the persona of Pee-wee Herman about the same time that he was becoming like a film actor. Mm-hmm. His first uh, role in a film, I believe, was... Was it the first Cheech and Chong or the second Chichin Chong? I think it was up in smoke. But no, it was, it was great. nice Which- streams. It was yeah, the we- second. He was the coked yeah. out weirdo. And that's yeah. the thing. Like- and he's and he's kind of he's not quite playing Pee-Wee, but he's kind of playing Pee-wee at the same time. You can
1: see the birthing.
0: Yeah. And then we go into like Meatballs three.
1: Oh wow! Really?
0: Yeah, he has one of my favorite lines, and I wish we had the 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 video going for this. Yeah, because when the when the sergeant get, you've seen me Paul three with the alien. Yeah, so when they the, so
1: the last two are so bad,
0: they but. are so bad. But I still I'll, I'll watch an awesomely bad movie. Yeah. So when he comes up to Pee Wee Herman's character, is like one of the cooks or counselor, like whatever. He flips the guy off, and then he goes like this, and the guy like you know swats him aside, and then he does whatever he does, and he sees him on the way out because the guy rode in on his horse. And I want to emphasize because it's he and the guy goes, I get this. And, he, you know, he flips him off. He goes, but what is this? Where he just turned his middle finger, basically hor- horizontal. And, and, and Paul Rubens in this voice goes, this one's for your horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I was like, that's the only reason to watch that on the Pete Maple. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. So anyway, when he created the Pee Wee Persona, and Pee Wee's Playhouse started out as a live action comedy show for adults. Yep. And what was mind-blowing about it is everything you saw on the show. They recreated live. Mm. And that that is impressive in and of Talking itself. Chair, all Talking chair. It. Talking chairs. They're just disembodied head. Yeah, John B. Yeah. But he they still, with lighting effects and everything, made him look oral and aura. aura you know, I'm I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. But it was just, it was for adults. Like everything was adult on There was swearing and all yeah, that. Yeah, it was
1: like the show that if you were out in the West Coast, it was the show that you got high and went to with your friends. Yeah. That's what it was. Or tripped to or ate mushrooms and went and saw. So. And then Pee Wee's Big Adventure
0: explodes Pee-wee Herman. Masterpiece. I yeah, just and it is, watched it last it is, week. And it is a masterpiece. And I don't know, it was around the time of Big Top Pee-wee that he got, uh, it was on like, what, CBS or mm-hmm. NBC or whatever? and Saturday he got, afternoon show. He got Pee-wee's Playhouse. And Pee-wee's Playhouse, for the kids' version, was phenomenal. And it literally picked up where all these kind of kids' shows we talked about left off. Yeah, Like, first off, you had, wasn't it Lawrence Fishburne? Mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis. And then, uh, you know, the hints that he's in an interracial relationship with the waitress. Yeah. Yeah, who's a good friends? These are all neighbors of, of Pee Wee, and it's again whatever, no big deal. And the waitress was like hot on the show, like she was yeah. like the
1: hot bitch, and like yeah. they would make jokes. But again, that was like they fed the children education and stimuli while the parents sat back and said, "This is dope."
0: Can we just can we also say that the word of the day is one of the great bits ever in 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 any kind of format?
1: We should start doing one at the yeah. beginning of each podcast and say it once yeah. during
0: the show. I mean, so so when when my when my brother Tim and I would hang out with our friends and get high, every now and then we people would just reference. Stuff and when there was a day where we referenced the Pee Wee Herman show, yeah, and he referenced whatever that we created, whatever the word of the day was, yeah, and we literally kept track of every time somebody we were with said it because we were all fucked up, and then we would we would just ah! yeah, <laughs> the just best. everybody just dying laughing. So the reason I bring up this because about when Remy brought up the ire that parents gave Barney mm-hmm. in the early '90s when they were between seasons of Pee Wee's Playhouse, Paul Rubin. Was just doing his own thing. Hair grown out. Didn't look nope. like Pee Wee. You wouldn't recognize him. He he made a choice. in It was in Florida. He made a choice. He went into an adult film movie theater. I don't know if they still exist. I don't see why they would need to
1: with the internet. But.
0: So anyway, uh, there were local police officers doing a sting, which to me, if if I got the short straw for that, I'm saying, you guys fucking suck. Yeah. You know what's happening in there. That's yeah, a jerk off yeah, bro. It's just a bunch of adult men jerking off in there. And what do they do? They just go out, Hurt. Paul Rubin. Who, yeah, and his 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 mugshot is pretty iconic. Yeah, it is because it looks nothing like Pee Wee Herman. No, like Rem said, hair grown out. He's wearing like the pedo like eyeglasses with the five o'clock shadow. Yeah, he's got like a five o'clock shadow going on. And they see him masturbating, and they arrest him. Yeah. And then when the news picks up on Publicly all this, shame they him. just went into public shaming, and they were they were the news media were the ones that were pushing for him his show to be canceled. Yeah, on they fire. treated him like he was a pedophile and, and that wasn't the case. And who came to his rescue? The parents. The same parents who probably a couple years later were vilifying someone like Barney, yeah. were the people picketing outside of the network studios. They're like they don't
1: care. That has nothing to do that with has anything. nothing
0: to do with this and we can explain that to our children and that's our right. It's not your right yep. to do that to them. And to to the network's credit, he did get another season or two.
1: But I think he was But it was done. He was done. He was done. He was done
0: and the damage was done already. Yep. And the show those those last two seasons, it just didn't hit the same. Did you end up seeing the mo- the recent movie though? Yes, I like that because it's literally like twenty years it's like twenty five years later. Yep. Now he's come to terms with like, I don't have to hate Pee Wee. Yeah, anymore. no,
1: it, that was I feel like that was him putting him
0: to bed. Yep. His closure. Yeah. he was getting his closure. Yep. The right, the closure that, that, that Pee Wee Herman deserved. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it, Rem. Yeah. And um, but you know what came out of that? What's that? His mugshot got him that part in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Did you oh, know that? No, When they it. were doing that, they saw that look and they were like, we need that. Dude, when
1: he gets staked with the cross, that's with the like, with the ruler,
0: he goes, dude. Ah, yeah, that's the that ah, yeah. Ah, that's And that's the shame that again, that is the shame of the Pee Wee Herman personas that people didn't realize away from that. He was super he's done he's done some decent work. Yeah. Yeah. He was on Murphy Brown. Like, come on. It was on Murphy Brown. Murphy and he was pretty, he was pretty straight. Mm-hmm. He was a pretty straightforward character. He on could there. do it. And then he did uh, Matchstick Men or no, Mystic Men. Mystic Men. He was yeah. the flatulence. Mm-hmm. The spleen. Yeah, the spleen. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> he
1: who smelt it, yeah. dealt it. Yeah. But, you know, he was a dude that was vilified. And, you know, I think that it's interesting because you got me thinking now. If that actual move of arresting him was a little bit of a death blow to edutainment. It could have been. I wouldn't deny that. You know what I mean? Because at that point, cause like we
0: said, we had Barney afterward, but and then because he... if you if you think about it, around that time post his incident, I won't say it completely died, but it's shifted to animation Agreed. and and puppets and things like that. Agreed. It, it as you a, lost as the a, show host as a as a medium. The medium in its entirety shifted away from that. Yeah, that's where we and that's how we got into where we are. Where we are. Yeah, yeah. and. Neither Bob,
1: Bob nor I are parents So maybe there's a couple things, Deep cuts out there that we don't know about That could be fair But we're just saying when you look at the spectrum right now And you take a look at the landscape It's dotted differently mm-hmm. It just is I mean you talk about like Blippi and The Wiggles I mean I guess bands like The Wiggles kind of still do it And they try to do it you know And they're out there but it's strange It's strange because The idea I think of like ADHD entertainment Now is what prevails
0: yeah, and I don't like that. And I think whether you want to blame modern parents, and I don't I wanna I wanna say it's more of a society. It's a, more of a cause causation is more because of our current technology. Yeah. When we were kids, we were limited by that time sitting in front of a TV, not just by our parents, but literally by the time slot. Mm-hmm. Like there was a finite amount of time and then it was over, and then it was we gotta find something else to do. Exactly. But even a thirty even a 30 minute show when we were kids it didn't it doesn't feel like a 30 minute show today it yeah. felt longer than that it was a, there was a temperedness to it like a slower pace to it and that's a good thing talk about what's that muppet show yeah we that, didn't
1: we didn't talk about i mean that. we can just touch on it that's another one jim henson obviously jim you henson know, period just jim yeah. Henson. that's it yeah, the muppet every, sh-
0: everything he did muppet show dark crystal labyrinth the muppet show uh, was fraggle Def- rock yeah. yeah
1: the muppet show was definitely the most here's one truly for the kids and parents mm-hmm. separate because we got the yep. cogity old men. like there were running jokes that kids won't
0: necessarily appreciate Still my favorite one when they're uh sleep one of them sleeping And the other one wakes him up, and it was, oh, oh, sorry, oh, what happened? Oh, if you fell asleep. Oh, did I miss anything? No, no, you didn't miss much. And I mean, like, those little, oh, bazingas, that's, like, for the grandparents right there. Yeah, because that's old roast comedy. That's, like, the Buddy
1: Hackett, Jerry Lewis type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Here's proof of what we're saying is spot on. We could wake up on a Saturday morning, Bob and I as kids. Our parents could stay in bed till like, 11, because we had five hours of cartoons every Saturday morning. Back to back, it was a block for children. Guess what? Saturday morning cartoons don't exist anymore. Think about that shift alone. Wow. I mean, a lo- and a lot of the Saturday morning cartoons we grew up on, again, very edutainment. They always had messages. But, yeah, and I, so I think the emphasis, that alone tells you. That was a block for children. That was us learning how to be independent because we'd get up, make our cereal, Sit our fucking asses down in front of the TV. Parents would wake up at ten or eleven. We would just babysat, mm-hmm. but we weren't babysat by weird sexual shit. We were babysat by really cute cartoons that were back to back.
0: On top of even the live action shows we talked about. Yeah,
1: and, and you know people are like, well, you don't need Saturday morning cartoons because of YouTube. No, I think kids still need blocks. Yes. Of stuff that's not running twelve ads. That's not trying to sell them merch.
0: In fact, we needed it so much that Cartoon Network, to their credit, when we were becoming when we became adults. Created Adult Swim. Yeah, they were like, you know, the masterful, the original lineup of Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. Masterful.
1: Still, I would say Adult Swim has had some of the most progressive, strange, Mm -hmm. interesting TV, and that's Saturday morning cartoons for adults who grew up
0: on Saturday morning Mm -hmm. cartoons. We had what? I mean, the the ultimately because it always based off of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Space Ghost, Harvey Birdman. Metalocalypse, Metalocalypse, Sea uh, Lab 2021. I love that show.
1: Aqua ha- Home Movies, Aquatine, Home I love, Movies. I love home That's movies. a deep cut. Yeah, I love Home Movies. But yeah, all that stuff fed the brains that grew up creatively on yeah. this stuff in, from Saturday. So what I think is interesting now, though, is we should start seeing an influx of shows being created by us, by yeah. our exact demo.
0: I think. I think when I think Adult Swim, I think that, so. They're Gen X. Mm-hmm. The people who created those shows are Gen X. Yeah. You know, whereas the shows we talked about, and I told Rem on the way up here, the dichotomy I feel about it is that those shows were created by boomers. Yeah. But they, they were boomers who just hit different. Because they, were, they don't, like even, like Jim Henson. Yeah. Like, listen, Jim Henson doesn't hit like a boomer. He thought so outside no. the, the box. The people who created Sesame Street, no. Mr. Rogers wasn't a boomer. He was a gentle he was soul. A, he was a greatest generation yeah. type of person, and it shows. And, yeah. and, it, and it does show. Honestly, some of the YouTube is created by People our age it's true um and millennials and Gen Y, and it's just yeah, maybe hope my hope, like yours is that we start to get a collective of them, people that are like-minded like ourselves, to really provide that foundation for the next generation of people who are children and they can have experiences that not not that are ours, they can have ones that are similar to ours because people are going out of their way to simultaneously educate entertain and inform.
1: Yeah, nicely said.
0: But That's all I got for this one. No,
1: I mean, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Honestly, I think that uh, we kind of covered it. One thing I think we can do right here is say, listen, we've admitted, I keep looking at it too. Me too. We've yeah. admitted that we may not know. So listeners, mm-hmm. if you have kids right now and there are some shows that are just killing it that we might not know about, please let us know. We're
0: always down to do an addendum. I do talk to friends of mine who have kids Yeah, who they do have at least made the attempts to have them watch like those early 90s Nickelodeon cartoons. And they say that it comes with mixed results. I believe it. Yeah. Because they're fed on something different. Yeah. Rug, Rugrats, Rugrats tends to be across the board like their kids like Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good because Rugrats had a lot of great messages to it as well. But Doug is mixed and I feel bad about that because I, I think that. Doug's great. Doug is phenomenal. Yeah. But what do you guys think? Do you think there's
1: been a change and there's less emphasis on the education part and more emphasis on just being spastic
0: and feeding Mm -hmm. your kids stimuli let us know how many just see the tablet as a way to engage your child when the the everyday life stuff happens and it's not like you're wrong i'm just saying like that was just something that was didn't exist when we were when we were kids and if it did who's not to say that our parents wouldn't have done the same thing
1: yeah no it is it's here's this little thing in
0: fact they were boomers they would have exactly definitely done the same thing they would have just said yeah you know shut the light off Just remember to plug it in so it doesn't lose its juice. Drink some water
1: now and then so you don't die.
0: (laughs) Put in some tang. (laughs) Put in some tang for some nutrients.
1: Some space water. Yeah. But, all right, well, hey, it's been nice to be back on air. We missed you guys. And um, we hope to hear from you about the show. Give us a little feedback.
0: Yeah, please do. All right, so be on the lookout, everybody.
1: All right, stay safe, stay happy and healthy. We love you. Bye.
0: Take care, everybody.